Go ahead and have a seat. Most of you know that we've been in a series in Ecclesiastes um, called Perspective and trying to find some perspective in a life that oftentimes seems um, rather meaningless. And uh, the, the message of Ecclesiastes is that, um, that so much of life is meaningless, um, really apart from Christ. Okay, And so um, in the midst of that, one of the things that I want to do today and we're, we're going to um, do even in the Sundays ahead is uh, hear from folks that um, have found meaning in Christ as they press into Christ. Um, so I want to ask Mike to come up. Um, I think many of you know Mike. Um, Mike is, this is Mike Chrisman. Uh, Mike is my uh, boss. Um, he likes it when I say that. Don't you? Hmm? Don't you? Yes. Two days a week. Two days a week. So uh, my parents own... Um, three subways out in St. Peter's, and um, Mike runs those and does a fantastic job, I'll say. And, uh, and so anyway, um, and I work two days a week out there, and so uh, two days a week, um, Mike's in charge of me. So um, we won't talk about the other days of the week. But um, anyway, um, so I asked Mike to be here um, and to really just kind of share his journey. So Mike, why don't you start out by just kind of sharing um, briefly kind of your upbringing, and, you know, in a lot of ways, what your life was, was like several years ago. Um. Okay, um, just want to start out by saying hello, and just really glad to be here and share a piece of my life with all of you today. Um, so starting out, uh, growing up, I grew up in a um, great home. I was well taken care of, um, raised by a fantastic mother who did a Great job for, great job raising me, and um, growing up, um, like most kids, you know, you're always trying to find where you fit in, you know, because everyone wants to be accepted and feel like they have a place of belonging. Growing up, um, I can't say I really found that for myself. Um, I wasn't athletic. I wasn't good at sports. I wasn't. Didn't have musical talent. Um, you know, I, I wasn't even a science geek, you know. There was just nothing that I ever felt that I excelled in. And I was um, very insecure, and I lacked a lot of self-confidence in myself, um, never feeling like I was good enough, um, struggling to make close friendships. And that continued into high school and also into college, just finding where do I belong, where do I fit in, and um, just lacking with that self-confidence and a lot of identity struggles, um, knowing who I am. I became a Christian when I was eight years old at VBS, and um, just up until recently, I see that in my life, that was just, just a head knowledge. You know, Jesus came and died for me, and I'm going to heaven, and I should try to live a good life. And that's um, lived like that for many years. Um, growing up, there were, you know, a, a lot of things about my life that I did not let other people see. I was very untrusting, um, a lot of personal struggles I never opened up about. I always bottled everything up inside. 
and white-knuckled a lot of my life, <clears throat> saying to myself, um, I'm fine, I got this, I don't need help, I don't need to open up. And so I just lived like that for years. Um, and no one really knew the misery I was feeling on the inside. And I never got a chance to deal with that and to let go of a lot of the pain that I had growing up. And um, after college, I graduated um, from Judson University in 2008 with my BA in graphic design. And um, that's um, not relevant. <laughs> and um, <laughs> not relevant at all. But um, <laughs> shortly after college, um, that's, um, I still was having these internal struggles that I never opened up about. And no one ever really knew the real Mike or um, the struggles I was facing. And um, you know, one of the ways that I sought to deal with that was with alcohol. I finally found something that could numb my pain and make me forget that I had problems. And ironically, the one thing that I thought was solving my problems was giving me more. At the time, I was also in a um, very sinful dating relationship, and um, that left me broken and more ashamed. And when I lost that, I basically lost all hope. And this was about two or three years ago, and my life just kind of spiraled out of control. My drinking was out of control. It was daily. A lot of emotional struggles, um, fits of rage. Um, I, I didn't know how to cope, and I was still trying to keep everything inside, trying to put up this front at work and with friends and in, in front of my parents that I was okay. And that's when people really started to see that I was not okay. That's when I really couldn't hold in my pain anymore. And a lot of people, they saw me for who I really was, broken, ashamed, embarrassed, and still for a while that did not change my behavior. I still increased my drinking just to forget everything. And um, I didn't have a sense of who I was. Um, I had left church, stopped going to church shortly after I graduated college. And I just decided to live life like there were no consequences for anything that I did. And uh, I was just, I was miserable and in and out of AA and treatment, just searching for something, searching for something that I could put hope in. Uh, relationships didn't do it. Alcohol didn't do it. Material possessions didn't do it. I went to all these little things in my life that gave me short-term happiness or peace, but I never found anything that gave me true joy. And it, it, it was waking up every day for about two years was, it, it was misery. And um, many nights I just went to bed praying that I wouldn't wake up. And, um, and I was still trying to be strong 
even my weakest moments, but it just, it just wasn't happening. So that was um, really before I let God into my, back into my life. So um, a lot of your journey was this journey after what Ecclesiastes talks about is just things that are meaningless, trying to find significance in those. Um, and you've talked a lot about that. Just it just didn't do it. Just didn't do it for you. Um, and these guys haven't really been able to be a part of the journey. As um, was, I feel like I've kind of journeyed with you the past couple years um, over some Subway sandwiches. Um, and, or 500. Uh, or, or 500. Um, <laughs> inside joke. You can ask us later. But um, uh, share with us kind of the journey of the past, really, the past year. Um, uh, the past year. Uh, that's the exciting part. Um, I can't even really describe it into words, but I'm going to try my best. Uh, it, I would say about nine or ten months ago, um, I had a roommate that was an alcoholic, heavy drinker, and uh, I just... Now I see it was the Holy Spirit that was just pulling me out of that sinful lifestyle and alcoholism because I just... I just felt myself drawn away, you know, the, you know, all the drinking and friends that weren't really friends. Um, I just, you know, in my mind, I heard the Holy Spirit telling me, you're going to get through this. Uh, I am with you. This is just a phase and it's going to pass. And you know, that voice got stronger and stronger, and basically it got to the point where, you know, I, I moved out. I moved in with a, a very good family that I'm living with now, um, great place for me to live and for me to nurture good relationships, a good relationship with Christ. But that, that um, moving out of my roommate's house, you know, when I made that break, that's when God really started to transform me. It was shortly after that, I had a lot of people coming up to me saying randomly, hey, Mike, I just want you to know, you know, I've been praying for you. You know, and it was really weird because I hadn't asked anybody to pray for me. I didn't ask for prayer. Um, David Work said, you know, you know, I just want you to know, I've been praying for you. You know, um, I know you're going through some tough stuff right now. So a couple of days later, I was over at my mom's house. She said, hey, I've, I've been praying for you. Uh, my boss at work, she said, you know, Mike, uh, you know, I, I, I've been praying for you. You know, I just want you to know that. And I was like, well, I don't get this. I never asked these people to pray for me. Like, how do they know to be praying for me? And I was having a conversation with my old youth pastor, and he asked me about my relationship with Christ, how that was. And you know, just all around me, these things were starting to happen that I couldn't describe. And, you know, it just, that was the Lord working in my heart. And that's when Dave invited me here to North Church. And I was really blown away by that. Uh, Dave, you know, knows a lot of what, you know, the life I was living a year or two years ago, um, just the horrible things I was doing, the way I was living my life, completely apart from God. And here I'm thinking, okay, this guy's, you know, the pastor of this church, and he's inviting me, knowing me, knowing all the horrible stuff I've done. 
And I was just blown away. He's a pastor. I avoided him. I avoided him for years. I, I put him in the store that I didn't want to go to just so that I wouldn't have to confront him so that he wouldn't know anything about my life. And, you know, God's funny like that. And, you know, but I was so blown away. I mean, Dave, in the past year, you're someone who has shown me more love and compassion than a lot of people have in my entire life. And I just want to thank you for that. Like, I feel so accepted even with all of my junk. And, that, and that's what I always feared growing up. If someone saw my junk, I'm going to be rejected. And that was one of the first times that someone saw me, you know, completely, you know, naked, all my sin, all right out there, and still said, come, come be a part of our family here at North Church. And that was just amazing because it was the first time, you know, I was accepted for who I was. I did not have to put up a front like, I'm okay, I'm fine. And in the past 10 months, it's just been unbelievable the way God has repaired relationships. Um, Two relationships, um, very important to me. Uh, My parents are both here today, together. Um, Yes, clap. That, that That is a miracle. I, I can't even describe just how much joy I have today. And, you know, it's ironic that as I started following Christ again and obeying him, God gave me all these blessings. Um, you know, my father and, and my mother, who both love me and I love them. They're fantastic parents and so good to me. And just so many other blessings, good relationships, um, you know, things in my job, blessings there, just things that I'm so thankful for. And just to wake up and not have a craving for alcohol. I mean, unless you've been there and you've struggled with addiction, I can't describe what that feeling is like. It is absolute freedom. And that freedom comes from Christ. Mm -hmm. And because there's no way to describe it. Because I remember two or three years ago, just that urge and that compulsion and how I could not live without it. And now God lets me wake up every day and praise him. I can get through my day no matter what happens without any, without running to any earthly thing to fulfill me. I don't need, I don't need a dating relationship. I don't need alcohol. I don't need this or that to get me through because I have Christ. And that's all that matters. And it's one of those situations in life where I'd never want to go through it again, but I'm so thankful because that experience let me see the power of God, and it deepened my faith in Christ so much more. No one could ever tell me there is not a God. It's not, it, it's not possible. I mean, the transformation in my life the past, you know, almost a year now is just unbelievable. And um, tying into hope, I have so much hope for the future now because a year ago I had no hope. You know, my life was just unraveling and I really didn't want to press on. But now 
because of how far God has brought me, it makes me more excited about the future. Because I look back, you know, on this day, and I look back a year ago, and I say, I'm nothing like I was a year ago. You know, my parents would tell you that. And it makes me that much more excited. Um, you know, um, October 7th in 2013, look back a year, how much different am I going to be? How, how many more blessings is God going to give me? And that just gives me the hope to keep going and to be thankful. Um, God has also really helped giving me a sense of identity and who I am because I see that all these things that I sought to fulfill me didn't. And the one thing that has given me hope and that has fulfilled me is, is Christ. And that is just, it just blows, it just blows my mind. Um, yeah. Awesome. Anything else? Thanks for sharing. Okay. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Well, um, one of the one of the amazing things about um, a, a testimony um, is that it it holds out hope. Um, you know, for for us who feel like at times maybe there isn't hope, or like I, I don't know if I'm gonna get there, or maybe maybe it's not even hope for yourself. Maybe it's hope for another. You know, maybe it's hope for um, a coworker, or a neighbor, or a friend. Um, and so, uh, thanks for thanks for being here. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Martin, I'm Mike's father. Uh, he asked me. Thursday, or was it Wednesday, to come to church with him. And I was terrified. I mean, I was terrified. He, uh, my son was very kind to me this morning. He said, I have good parents. He, historically, he hasn't had good parents. Historically, he's had an excellent mother. He was very kind to me. He was very generous. He was very forgiving. Uh, I was so nervous at church this morning. I wore my uh, Superman shirt this morning. <laughs> I, was so, I, I thought it might give me courage, you know. I was so scared. But, uh, uh, my, you know, and I was terrified of this, sitting up here. But I, I felt compelled to tell you, Mike, in front of everybody. I tell my mom, I tell my sister, brother, my, my friend, coworkers. How proud I am of you, son, and I love you very much. I'm so proud of you. And it's interesting that it's going to come to time, I guess, and maybe hopefully meet back in your life. You know, you have a lot of fantastic skills, son. I was sitting sitting here as a father, so impressed with you, so impressed. You know, and, and you've... And uh, I used to go to AA also, son. I used to do my problem that way also. And I remember one of the things they say as part of healing is there must be a spiritual displacement. You know, your spiritual life must 
I guess must come together and, and you found God and it's funny that, that, that I'm in church too today because I'm a very blessed young man undeservingly so thank God that blessings fall on the just and the unjust because I was thinking my God I should go to church because I'm so blessed I'm so fortunate and uh, my son left me back in his life and uh, like I say, he was very kind to me today. Uh, I, 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 I believe that child abuse can be this, omission. You can abuse a child by omission, not giving him hugs, not giving him compliments, not being there at his baseball game, not helping with his homework. Just not telling them, you, you know, you're okay. I'm just not smiling at them enough, not patting them on the back enough. And a lot of things I think he was sharing about his pain, they're on me. But I've learned, i learned the hard way, the painful way that it's not too late. And he's right. Watch him 2013. If this is him now, my God. I mean, watching my son... 13, watch him, 2020, watch him, he's my age, this extraordinary young man, and I'm very proud of you, Mike, and uh, people who pray for you, because they, they see the good in you, Mike, the kindness in you, they see an abundance of talents in you, abilities in you, and, and I just had to, had to come up here and, and uh, thank my son. I'm just so proud of you, son. I love you so very much. And, uh, and people tell me I look like my son. You know, I only wish I was that handsome. No kidding. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And, and thank you to the young man. Thanks for coming up. Um, but thanks for, thanks for being here and wearing, you know, coming as Superman and, um, and so we're, we're, we're really glad that you're here to celebrate with, with you guys. Um, uh, let's pray. Jesus, you are faithful to us. I've got to thank you for the testimony that was shared. I thank you that you um, are a God that's not far from us, that you're a God that's near to us, that you pursue us. God, and that we can pursue you. Um, God, I pray that you would um, give us hope through Mike's story, through Steve's story, through Debbie's story, through this journey that you've taken this family on. Um, so much difficult, so much more difficult than we would ever want or ever desire. And so, um, God, I pray that you would you'd speak to us now as we um, as we open up your Word. Would you move among us? And would you teach us? Um, pray in Christ's name. Amen. Um, it's interesting because I, I think. Um, I think all of us have times in our lives where we, we question. We're not sure. We're not sure why God does what he does. 
Um, so this week, uh, today really was um, was was pretty. Or no, yesterday. I'm sorry. It was pretty interesting for my son. Um, so yesterday, I was putting him in the car um, on the passenger side, and I, I put him in. I opened the door. Him and Mikhail jumped in the car. So I walk around the car, and I, as, as they get in, I tell them, um, "Hey guys, uh, get in your seats." And so I walk around, um, and I open my I open my car door, the driver's door. Just you know, walk around fast, open the door. And didn't realize that Tobin had somehow very quickly scurried up to my seat and was leaning against the door. Um, and faster than I could react, I pulled the door open. And here's Tobin, like, face first, comes out of our SUV. And SUVs sit quite a bit higher than cars. And literally just plummets to the ground and just, poof, right on his face. And I was like, and so he didn't cry for a minute, and then all of a sudden he lost it, right? And so I pick him up, and, you know, um, praise God, like, it just, he hit up high, and a little bit of ice, and he was, this, he was like, you know, just a, a normal kid again, and a little blood, and, um, uh, and a little bit later that day, um, actually it was last night, uh, I'm downstairs working, and I hear this really loud thud, and uh, actually I was on the phone with Mike when it happened, <laughs> Uh, you probably heard the thud. Um, and, uh, and I hear this thud, and I'm like, okay, wait for it, wait for it. And then you hear the cry. Um, and so I was like, Mike, let me, let me call you right back. And I go, and, and Tobin had, like, I don't know, was being goofy and dove and smoked his head on the ground again. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, we grabbed him, and he, was, he ended up being okay. Um, so he was a little, little sad from that moment. Um, and so we let him sleep in mommy and daddy's bed, um, which, uh, if it doesn't happen at bedtime, it at least happens in the middle of the night most consistently. Um, so uh, he's in bed with Danielle. I'm not in the room. And all of a sudden, um, I hear this screaming. I'm like, what in the world? So I go in there, um, and we flip on the light, and he's just bleeding profusely from his mouth. And I'm like, what? Like, what's, what, what's the, like, Tobin, like, this is an awful day for you, when, and what's going on, and um, he had been jumping around, Danielle was like half asleep in bed, and he was just kind of jumping around the bed, and he fell off the bed, and he bit entirely through his lips, so at about 11 o'clock last night, um, Danielle and uh, her mom head to the ER, um, and he had to get glued you see some glue, he's kind of picking at it. But anyway, um, so it was, a really, it was a really rough day, okay? Um, maybe you've had those days, maybe you've had those moments, maybe you've had those seasons in your life. Um, on the other side of that, kind of a contrast, and I was having this conversation with my dad, um, and uh, my dad uh, owns three subways, um, very, very good businessman. Um, and so we're talking, and one of the amazing things about my dad is he's an incredible giver. Um, like, God's blessed him. Um, but he doesn't hoard that. He gives it away. And so I'm having this conversation with my dad, and also my dad goes, you know what? Like, sometimes I just, like, I just, I ask the Lord, like, why me? I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm listening. Where are you going? And he's like, God, why, why have you blessed me? Why, why have you given me so much and given me the opportunity to give? So, like, this morning I'm contrasting those two thoughts, okay? Um, the thought of 
the awful, like, God, why in the midst of the pain? Like, that's where we question, right? Um, but the other side of it is in the midst of joy, like, where we don't often question it, why? Um, in Ecclesiastes, and we're really not even hardly going to get into it um, because the Lord had something different for us um, this morning, which I love. Um, but the, the heart of Ecclesiastes is this message of, like, God brings seasons into our lives um, that, that line us up with a certain trajectory. Um, and w- but what I want to do is I want you to grab your Bible and I want you to turn to Psalm 139. Yeah, this is absolutely unplanned, and praise God for that. Um, but I believe he wants us to go somewhere different for the last couple minutes. Um, Psalm 139. Whether you're here today and you're on the, the joyful side, and you're just like, God, why would you bless me? You're on the, um, the Tobin side of smashing your head three times. Finally, it starts bleeding. God, why would you um, bring this into my life? Um, I want you to see this in, in Psalm 139, starting at verse 1. Here's what it says. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know, when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light to you. Okay, here's, here's the crazy thing. Okay, so God in the heavens um, is this distant, transcendent, holy, other than us being, right? Okay, and so we come here today with this understanding that should we even ha- be able to, to bring question to God? Um, there's a passage in the book of Daniel that says um, that... that w- God does what he wants. Who are we to even say, God, what are you doing? There's a passage in Psalm 115 that says, God sits in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Okay? But here, the most amazing thing, and even we hear that in this testimony, is that this God in heaven, he draws near to us, and, and, and it says that he knows us. Like the most wretched aspects of our lives. We could unpack. I could have every one of you come up here and unpack your story. And God knows it. God knows the events of our lives, and he orchestrates the events of our lives for his purpose, for his name, for his glory. Um, It says in verse 3, you've searched out my path. It's interesting. You've searched, like, You've searched out my path. Like he, he knows what, what the story is. He knows where we're going. He knows what we're doing. Verse 4, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. 
And I love verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made, when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for you, or I'm sorry, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O Lord. How vast is the, the, the sum of them. So this week, um, as I was prayerfully praying through what God wanted to do this morning, um, and really now finding out that it was not even quite what I thought, um, I, I got a text message, um, and, and I got news of a friend. Um, friend is named Danielle, and, and not my wife, but um, a, a girl that I worked with when I worked back at North County Christian School. And, uh, and I got news from her um, uh, via someone else that she has cancer. Now, this girl's 28 years old. She has a baseball-sized tumor um, sitting on her trachea. Um, and it's pushing against her heart. I mean, it's pushing against her lung, um, which makes it inoperable. And so, um, literally, I got that news. Um, and I just fell to the floor weeping. Um, and I began to believe all of these lies Okay, I began to entertain all these lies in my head, um, and, and here's kind of how they went. God, she's so faithful to you. Like, how, I, why? Okay, kind of like the, my dad versus Tobin story, like, why? Um, she served for a year in Sudan, um, left everything and went and served for a year in Sudan, um, and in the midst of, of that moment, um, I was like, God, I don't trust you. I don't trust what you're doing. Um, and here I am about to go sit and prepare for this morning uh, on Tuesday. And I'm wrestling with the very thing that I want to stand up and challenge you to be about of trusting in God. And I was like, God, I don't trust you. And God took me on this journey. And I pray it's the journey that he's taken you on this morning of getting us to the place where we come to realize that he got, God knows that, yes, God sits in the heavens and does whatever he pleases, Psalm 115. Okay? But the book of Acts goes so much further to say that he doesn't need us, but yet he orchestrates the events in our lives. The joys, the sorrows, so that we're lined up to know him so that we're lined up to, to, to send out um, the truth of who he is. You know how many times I've scratched my head and like, man, why do I work at Subway? Like, yeah, that's one of the reasons. You know, praise God. Why do you work where you work? Why do you live where you live? Why do you do what you do? Why do you live next to the people you live next to? Like, do you... Do you guys know your neighbors? Do you, do you think they're annoying or like a burden or too quiet or like you're there for a reason? And this morning what I, what I want us to come to grips with is this. God knows. So much so that he's planned out 
and orchestrated events in our lives to bring about a beautiful story of redemption in a family's life. And whether you sit in that often and trust that often or whether you run out from that often. This morning I want us to to come back to him and trust him and trust what he has and trust what he's doing. Because if we're honest, like we make pretty crummy gods, right? Like if we would try to be God, it's going to go bad every single time. Does it not? Like when you try to be God in your life, you try to orchestrate the events in your life. Like meaningless, hopeless, a chasing after the wind. That's the message of Ecclesiastes, and that's the message um, that the Lord wants us to hear today. Um, I want you to grab uh, what, you, what you received when you came in the room, um, the bulletin you received on the very front. Under truth, it says uh, steps of prayer. Um, and here, here's how I want to end this morning. I want to end just submitting ourselves to the Father. Um, on the sheet, um, there's steps of prayer, confession, worship, thanksgiving, obedience. Um, and basically what I want you to do is I want you to sit with the Lord in the next few minutes, and I just want you to pray. Like, the way we press into Him is by running to him, and I want to run to him right now. And so whether you're comfortable doing this by yourself, or I would encourage you to maybe grab someone else, um, grab the person you're sitting next to, walk across the room and grab someone, pray with someone. Um, But what we want to do is we want to submit ourselves to Christ through confession and worship and thanksgiving and obedience. And there's blanks there on your sheet. You can fill in specifically what that looks like for you. What 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 are you confessing? What are you giving worship for? What what are you thankful for? And how is God calling you to walk in obedience under this reality that you're known by God? He's orchestrated your life in such a way to have you here today to experience his presence. And so that's how we're going to spend the last couple minutes. And then when we wrap up, um, I'll I'll come up and I'll I'll close and dismiss you. But let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Um, and here in a little bit, I will, uh, I'll close us. So whether you want to do that alone or I would encourage you with someone else, let's do that now.